Well, good evening. Wow, thank you. Thanks, Blaine. You had them clap before they even knew if it was going to be horrible. So thank you. Uh, great to be with you tonight. It's really an honor. I get to travel a lot, and you probably know this, right? But I don't know if any church has better music than this, uh, in our family of churches at least. So I'm really blessed already uh, this evening to be here. I feel filled up. I'm also honored to be here because I think so much of this church of the leadership of this church, Pastor Allen, Pastor Blaine, so many uh, that I've been able to get to know over the years. And a lot of churches say things like they care about their neighborhoods and the nations. That's a common thing that we hear. But I will say, just from experience, churches tend to either do the neighborhood or the nations thing, even if they put them both together in their mission statement. And this is a rare church that truly cares about the neighborhood and the nations. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the way this neighborhood is impacted, has been for years and continues to be, this beautiful community hub that I get to see. Uh, bravo on taking a risk and keeping going and pressing through seasons like COVID and all the rest and for not taking your eyes off of God's big kingdom. That song we just sang, how are they gonna know unless someone goes and God's heart is for this 99 or for the one who, you know, in spite of the 99 and that's what this church's heart lines up with. And so again, I'm honored to be here. One thing that Wayne didn't say in the introduction is that I was uh, born outside of Cleveland, Ohio. So unfortunately, that means I grew up a Browns fan and I still am. I know where I am. And I say, unfortunately, my grandfather was a huge Steelers fan. He passed away when I was three. And if he would have just held on another year or two, I could have avoided years of misery. And yet, here I am. God's used it in my life to develop long-suffering. Uh, as a Browns fan, you know what long-suffering means. So we can all be friends in the kingdom uh, tonight. Uh, and I'm really honored and glad again to be with you uh, here in Pittsburgh this weekend. All of our faith journeys start in different places. Like God finds us in unique ways. Uh, we journey through faith in unique ways. If I ask everybody, if, you, if you're a follower of Jesus tonight, if I went around the room and asked you, tell me your story, there would be a wide variety. Some who heard about Jesus as a kid and some who came to faith as an adult and all the rest. But there are similarities in our faith journeys. One of the similarities is at some point, if we are a Christian tonight, we realize we are broken and we need a savior. We've sang about those things tonight. At some point, we realize we don't have enough in us to save us, to get us through, to provide peace, to secure heaven, all those things. And eventually, we come to a place where we realize that we're broken and we're, we need a savior. And shortly thereafter, in our journey with Christ, we start asking questions if we're around people who are helping us. Like, okay, what's supposed to be different in my life now? What am I supposed to stop doing and start doing? And the Spirit starts giving us ideas sometimes without even the prompting of other people. One of those core pieces that we realize at the beginning, or sometime, is that we're not on the planet just for us. And that we're not in control of the planet. And that our stories are not just about our stories, but they're about a bigger story that God's writing around the world. He starts giving us his heart for people and for 
our neighbors and for our family members, some of whom are not easy to love, but God is starting to give us his heart for them and those kind of things. And then it starts getting more than just the, man, I, I need to change something in my life, but maybe I should actually tell somebody else about this. Like, this is so important to me, and it's changed so much that if I believe this to be true, I should probably tell people about this. We recently moved to a new city in Columbus. We were in Colorado for eight years with the national office, and uh, two years ago, we got this sort of missional idea to go live in a different kind of place in Columbus, Ohio, than we were living in Colorado Springs for sure. And as we've gotten to know Columbus, some of our staff moved. We had to rehire half the staff, so We've hired 45 people as a national office. Uh, we've gone from speaking three languages to 10 in the last 18 months, which is very fun. Uh, very diverse, interesting place uh, that we're living. And as we've gotten to know the city, you know, just like any new place, when we visit a new restaurant, we're like, hey, you should check that one out. It's really good. This is a good place to shop. These are good neighborhoods, all those kind of things. And some, for some of us in our faith journey, it's as simple as that at the beginning. Like, hey, I... I got to tell you about this thing that I have been exposed to or this God who saved me. As we journey with God and go deeper, it starts getting more serious. I don't know if you remember this moment in your own life when you realized that this was life or death. This wasn't just a club that we belong to or a self-help thing that we get to experience, but this is life and death. And if Jesus can save us, then We've got to share this gospel, or we've got to care about the things that you've already celebrated for this whole month. I remember when we were serving as international workers in Paris, uh, doing some church planting, there was a, a young guy in his 20s who became a believer. He's a young architect. Dad was Buddhist. Mom was secular. Uh, he had a profile, like a lot of people in Paris, Fairly secular, even though there was some religion there. When he became a believer, it was a brand, I mean, he'd never really heard the gospel before. He's about 25 years old. He starts coming to this discipleship group, and he says to me, every week, uh, I would ask the guys uh, who were meeting, there was a group of six or seven, all of them, most of them were new believers, and I would ask them questions about what God was doing in their hearts, what God was saying to them, and we would ask a question, did you have any kairos moments this week? So I don't know if you're familiar with that language, but basically where God kind of stopped time for you for a second and spoke to you in a meaningful way. Did that experience happen to you this week? And for months, he would say, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. And no, that didn't happen to me. So every week I'd ask, go around the circle. Guys would share these meaningful things. And then one week, Fred says, hey, I think I had one of those Kairos moments this week. Okay, tell me about that. He said, I was standing in the metro. Paris is a city of about 10 million people. Metro is the name for the subway system. I was standing in the metro. I'm looking around, and I realize I don't care about a single one of these people, but maybe I should. I said, actually, that's a, he goes, is that even profound at all? That's very profound, actually. Because many of us live our lives as believers and it takes a while to get to that place. And then it takes a while to convert that into energy or time or prayer or financial commitments or whatever. But that's the story of our faith journey, that we realize we're not on the planet for us. We start to realize there are other humans around us. And then God gives us this spirit-given desire to see people 
know Christ, to see people in poverty ministered to, to see people without clean water be given that, people in war-ravaged places be in care, and for those who haven't heard the gospel to be shown and shared the love of Jesus Christ. That's actually the example of Jesus. He does this with his disciples all the time. Get to know me, you go deeper, your life changes, and then this isn't just for you. We're going to join together and do something different for the whole world. It's the story of Acts 1. So that's a common, I'm, I'm sure that at some point in this last month, I didn't ask this, but that you maybe have read Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The verses that precede that sort of classic missions verse are important too. Because the disciples say to Jesus, hey, is it time for you to restore political power to us? He's risen from the dead. It's all coming true. They thought he was dead and it was all over and now he's back. So they say, hey, is it time to restore the kingdom to Israel? And by that, they really mean political influence and control. He doesn't really answer their question. He, he only answers by saying, first of all, it's not even up to you to know anything about the future. <laughs> Nobody knows that. We don't know his tone there. Maybe it was more gracious than that. And he goes, look, guys, it's not up to you. I've got it under control. Then he answers their question about that with, how about you stay in Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit to come on you? And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll receive power. And then you will be my witnesses. And that word witnesses is martyros in Greek. It's maybe better translated evidence. You will be evidence that I am really alive and this is my kingdom. As you walk around and talk to people, you will be my evidence in the city you live in, in this region, to the people who are really close to you but are very different from you. And then to the, even to the ends of the earth. And to the ends of the earth, the disciples at this point was not very far. They had no idea how far this was going to go. Jesus gives us a secret of mission sort of strategy right there. Stay and wait for the Holy Spirit. If you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit, there is no mission. It'll just be kind of good-hearted activity that you'll burn out on and give up. And if you receive the Holy Spirit and you don't join God on mission, then we got to ask, what are we doing? Why, why are we doing any of this? It's nice to sing songs. But if that encounter with Christ doesn't lead us to his heart and to the world, then we need to ask why. Tonight, I want to spend the majority of the rest of our time here doing what we call the Alliance World Tour. This is actually the third version of this. Uh, we wrote one six years ago, just wrote this one a couple of months ago, and it basically gives you a quick snapshot of what God has been doing over the last just couple of years, one or two years, through this family of churches called the Christian and Missionary Alliance, of which you belong and of which you are a flagship church, if you didn't know that. In the Alliance, we have always been this deeper life, encounter with the Holy Spirit, and missions movement. In other words, we believe that as the work of God goes deep in us, the word of God starts flowing more broadly from us and through us, and that's natural and it's necessary. Because God's heart, what we learn, is that God's heart is for people. His heart is for us. His heart is for his world that he created. 
And as our hearts join intimately with his, he takes us on mission. A quick note as we begin, and you know this because of your partnerships in Central Asia and all over the place, that we can't name every country specifically because of live stream. I wish we could. It's somewhat more interesting to give you every single people group title and country title. We can't do that. And you're going to hear, as we go on this journey, some updates about your partnerships in Ukraine. Thanks for doing that dinner last night. And in Central Asia and in Bangalore Hospital in Africa and all those places. I want to, as we begin this world tour, say one more thing and then we'll jump in. Why are we doing this tonight? I want to do this for three reasons. First of all, there is a lot of bad in the world right now. We're praying for the situation in the Middle East. Not easy or good. There's a lot of bad everywhere. If you turn on the news or you flip on Facebook or whatever, you're going to get discouraged pretty quickly. So tonight, I want to give you some good news, if that's okay. Some good God news. Because what we see when we turn on the television or social media is not the full picture. Secondly, you deserve an update. This church has been leaning in for years, financially, in prayer, partnering with all those workers I went up and saw. I'll invite you to go up there too, to the Alliance Missions Experience. All these workers spreading the gospel around the world, you deserve an update. And number three, every time we hear big God stories like this, it gives us an invitation to say, how is God leading me to lean in now? So I'm not going to answer that for you tonight. God will. But maybe it's just to care a little bit more. Maybe it's to spend time in prayer. Maybe it's financially. Whatever it means, maybe somebody will hear a story tonight and get stirred and go, I want to join those ranks and be a part of this. And that would be awesome. So, without further ado, let's ask the question as we begin. What has your church, what has our church, this family of churches, been up to recently? Let's just start in our own backyard. From a rural area of the Midwest to your church here in Pittsburgh, our Alliance family is reaching broadly to engage the world with Christ's love. In the United States, we celebrated 17,795 professions of faith, 7,382 baptisms, and 48 new church plants just last year. The Union Hill Church in Redmond, Washington, has been partnering with a local agency to provide tiny homes for Seattle's homeless population. Grace Church in Middleburg Heights, Ohio, launched a campus at the Lorraine Correctional Institution. Over 100 men from the incarcerated community attend their weekly worship services, and that story continues to grow as now they're planting another one in another area prison. In the Twin Cities of Minnesota, we've partnered with a local resettlement agency to provide tutoring for a community of East African immigrants. They're also involved in sports outreaches, English and citizenship classes, sewing lessons, and community gardens. Your Alliance family here in the United States consists of 327,000 worshipers in almost 2,000 churches, praising in 38 languages. An additional 98,000 attend online. I guess it's one thing we can thank COVID for. And over 1,000 Alliance family members served on short-term trips just last year. But the U.S. church is just part of a much larger God story. Worldwide in 2021, 112,000 people were baptized in Alliance churches. 
The Alliance World Fellowship is a global family of 60 national church networks, consisting now of over 25,000 churches in 81 countries with more than 6 million Alliance worshipers. This fellowship includes over 4 million baptized church members, 184 full-term theological schools, and over 30,000 national workers. In 2022, the U.S. Alliance had just under 700 international workers that are serving from America uh, about 150 people groups in over 140 cities worldwide. Our U.S. Alliance family, those workers, are actually joining more than 1,000 additional cross-cultural workers from those AWF partners. Those receiving countries are now sending their own. At our recent council in Spokane, Washington, we commissioned 36 new international workers. Sending workers remains one of our highest priorities. And friends, this year, we are on pace to send more than 50. That's what our stretch goal was, and we're on pace. Part of, and some of you know, Charles Chapman, who was a part of this church. Sorry, I'm going off script, tech team. I'm really putting them in a tough spot. But, uh, Charles Chapman, who was a part of this church for many years, uh, is really heavily involved in that recruiting process. And we are really encouraged by the numbers this year. Passion and love for Christ is what is at the heart of our missionary activity. Nothing is possible, I already said this, without the filling work of the Holy Spirit. And as he continues to send us, we continue to go. The Spirit's presence is manifest through things like worship that we can see, encounter, but also through mission, because as we encounter Christ, we become presence carriers. We're going to hard places now as an Alliance family on purpose. And so I want to take a look at some of that work around the globe. Western and Eastern Europe. In Western and Eastern Europe, the Holy Spirit's power is at work even in the midst of warfare and disaster. As armed conflict continued throughout Ukraine, the Alliance has come alongside Ukrainian refugees in Germany. Through this ongoing partnership, refugee families have received food, clothing, temporary housing, transportation, pastoral care, and even more than that as they establish themselves in a new country. In Bordeaux, France, where only 1% of the population is evangelical, God is expanding his presence. This year, the community witnessed the dedication of the Merignac Church, a beacon of hospitality, this church as well has cared for Ukrainian refugees. Because of your ongoing generosity, ACAC and the Alliance family, now to the tune of over a million dollars, the Alliance has been able to support the work of the National Church in Ukraine. Again, thanks for what you did last night. To be the hands and feet of Christ. They've distributed two tons of food a month and mobilized lots of folks to act as refugee centers in their own country. Our leaders are delighted to report that in Ukraine, the church is actually advancing despite this war. One local church has recently grown from 30 to 200 as openness and hunger for Christ increases. Our alliance workers have also been manifesting the presence of Jesus in the Middle East. 1,604 food packages were given out to Syrian refugees in 2022. All of those items come with home visits from volunteers. One food package of essential items will sustain a family for about two to, of six for about two to three weeks. An Alliance Bible School celebrated the graduation of 18 students who are now serving the Lord throughout the Arab world. In a different Middle Eastern ministry location, an English program has returned to a very full load of teachers and students. They now have more students enrolled than ever before, and the program continues to be a centerpiece of their community center. 
A soccer outreach continues to grow in both popularity and in more connections with the boys who play. They recently had 80 little ones at practice. This is an outreach from the Syrian school, and the coach is actually acting as a mentor to these young boys. To make the presence of Jesus known in the Middle East, Alliance International workers have regularly visited 100 refugee families, assisting them with urgent nutritional and medical needs. In one Middle Eastern country, the Alliance has witnessed more people come to faith over the last year than had come to faith over the last 10 years combined. Amidst this rapid growth, a local believer became the first person from a Muslim background to serve as an ordained Alliance pastor. In one city of 1.4 million people, there are less than 50 known believers. Alliance International workers are launching gospel presence in that place to provide things that people need, like English classes, gospel-centered community, and Christ-like relationships. The Alliance has also been focused in responding to major earthquakes that impacted southeast Turkey and northern Syria. Alliance churches and IWs from several countries were in place to help with care. In Asia, the Alliance has persevered for years in order to bring the light of Jesus to the darkest places. Ten years after the Alliance withdrew from this Central Asian country, where we went about 25 years ago for the first time, we have now returned to share the hope of the gospel with those who have never heard it. In the short time since their return, Alliance workers have started a language learning business and they're forming strategic relationships with local ministry partners. After seven years of trips to a remote region in Central Asia, two Alliance workers were able to share the gospel for the very first time without objection or interruption. Something is changing. The prayerful presence of God's people is pushing back the darkness in very difficult places. Throughout East Asia, Silver Lining Missions provides orphan children with safe homes, facilitating a rehabilitation center for children with disabilities, providing opportunities to impoverished families through education programs. Silver Lining Family Village currently has 15 families raising over 160 orphan children. In another Asian country, on one of the world's largest unreached islands, God has opened opportunities for one alliance worker to engage with marginalized youth offenders from two dozen ethnic groups who are seeking to re-enter society after they leave those detention centers. During an 18-month window, over 1,200 people received Jesus in northern Cambodia, and 10 new house churches were planted. Since 2020... The National Church in Cambodia has seen a 10% growth overall, with 20 churches planted. And that's all since the start of COVID-19. It's like in the book of Acts in this place, and we've told some stories. If you go to our website or read Alliance Life, you'll see some of these stories. But it's like Acts where miracles and healings and people are getting delivered from demonic presence. It's led dozens and dozens of people to faith in Christ, and they're starting house churches and villages all over that region. It's a very exciting story. In a neighboring country, over 2,000 students and nearly 200 fully trained leaders are participating in theological education by extension, T-E-E, which has a significant impact on oppressed and marginalized people groups such as the Hmong. More than 40 million people globally are trapped in slavery. Sex slavery, bonded labor, child labor, child slavery, and other forms of extreme injustice. 
Justice Ventures International partners with local organizations and global stakeholders to eradicate human trafficking and other extreme injustice. With the engagement of Alliance workers, this ministry is forming, uh, they're expanding their work by placing what we call justice hubs in high prevalence areas for human trafficking in northern India. Since this ministry in South Asia was opened in 2018, this program has provided women trainees a sense of belonging to a community that affirms them, teaches them new skills, and shares hope. Approximately 100 children of the women are now coming to weekly Sunday school classes. Friends, God is not done in this world. And the Alliance isn't done either. We're advancing now into some new, hard, difficult places in Africa. The Alliance is focusing on ministering to a specific people group that spans across many countries that many of you are familiar with, if you're kind of missions junkies. If and as they respond to Christ, the entire continent of Africa will be impacted. Though for safety reasons, we've had to reduce our footprint in multiple cities in West Africa, we still have a strong national church. And in those places, they're carrying on the ministry in two of those countries celebrating over 100 years of Alliance ministry. In one African location, the Alliance celebrated the baptisms of 40 new believers, many of whom live in a pair of, a pair of villages that had previously lacked any known access to the gospel. Radio Sangui Mbote, Good News Radio, RSM, was started in 2001 to share the good news of Jesus in Pointe Noir, Republic of Congo. Today, RSM's ministry through radio and Facebook live streaming make the gospel message accessible in four languages to hundreds of thousands of listeners. Dana is a young woman from a West African people group of about 3.3 million that is unreached. She heard about Hands of Honor, Alliance Ministry, was accepted into the program, ministered to, loved by those involved. She came to faith just this past year. Bangalore Hospital in Gabon serves over 40,000 patients a year. Many of you know about Bangalore. Each of those patients hear the gospel of, of Christ and thousands, literally, have accepted that call. The missions department now of the Alliance Church of Gabon is sending their own IWs to new countries in Central and West Africa, and we just praise God for his faithfulness, for the fruit of gospel witness going on now to new countries. Last but not least, in Latin America, we have strengthened the witness of the gospel through our presence. The Alliance demonstrated the love of Jesus to Cuba by delivering food, medicine, and other vital supplies to the region that can be difficult for Alliance International workers to access. They also receive building supplies for a new Alliance seminary that will train and equip leaders for 15 church plants that have sprung to life in Cuba. With tens of thousands of young Dominicans having yet to hear and experience the gospel, the Alliance started a university center where students can enjoy coffee, learn English, fall in love with Jesus. The Greenhouse Student Center is also designed to create space to identify and develop missional leaders among the young adult population who reach students in the capital of Santo Domingo. God has shown his faithfulness to central Mexico by strengthening the presence of the alliance in what we call, or what is called, the Circle of Silence, a region of over 2 million people where only 2% identify as evangelical Christians. This year, an Alliance church in that area baptized 25 people. 
Uruguay is a country of Latin European mix that chose 100 years ago really to remove faith and religion from their nation. The result is largely a secular state whose suicide rate is more than double the regional average. Alliance workers have been there, excuse me, for more than 25 years, and now we're starting to see the fruit of being present. Uruguayans are turning to Jesus for salvation. Churches are being planted. Our Colombian Alliance, uh, they just celebrated their 100th anniversary as well. And with joy, they expressed deep gratitude to the U.S. Alliance for sending wave after wave of international workers who brought the gospel to that place that led to the establishment of a few hundred churches. The anniversary celebration highlighted the commissioning of three new workers, again, from their country, who will now take the gospel to a region that we've really had a hard time getting access to from the U.S., Friends, I started by saying that as the work of God goes deep in us, the work and word of God also flows from us. And I hope that you can see this brief tour just as evidence that among the displaced and refugee populations, even amid war, natural disasters, evacuating countries we've long since had access to, political unrest, and even a pandemic— The Alliance has continued to take all of Jesus to all the world. We've been present. We're still taking the gospel to the hardest places and the least reached people. So what has your church family been up to? We've been praying. We've been giving. And we've been going. We've been responding to the call of our Lord to take his word to the ends of the earth. And as we do all of this, we've been increasingly aware that to fulfill our mission is going to take all of us fully engaged, fully obedient. We're going to the hard places now because as our hearts are joined deeply with Jesus, filled with his Holy Spirit, we reflect his mission and further our vision, all of Jesus, for all the world. At the beginning, I told you I wanted to share this world tour for three reasons. One, to give you some good news. It's good to hear gospel stories, isn't it? Because most of our lives are filled up with other kinds of stories, even the stuff that's hard in our own lives. And whenever I read this, I've only done it a few times. Whenever I read this, and I mean, I wrote this with our team, so I I was helping get the stories, but every time I read it, I'm moved by the fact that it it feels like this is heaven sort of newsreel, right? We're a small family of churches. This isn't the whole picture of what God's doing around the world. But this is the kind of stuff that the angels are dancing about when the lost person is found. This is the kind of stuff that moves heaven and should move us. So I want to give you good news. Number two, I wanted to say thank you and give you updates about your partners because a lot of these stories are directly tied to people in this room who have prayed, who have given sacrificially to missions over the years, and who have even gone themselves. And third, and this is where we'll end, This is the end of your missions month. I'm sure you have heard a lot of updates been challenged in a lot of different directions. You have more opportunity tonight. But I want to close your missions month by saying, what would God be saying to you tonight again? Or maybe what has he been saying every week and now he said it in a way that you could hear or are willing to respond? What journey does he want to take you or your family on? I get to spend time with people who 
give generously to the cause of missions and some young people I'll get to have lunch with tomorrow from your own church who are interested in international missions. And every time I get to sit down with somebody who really sells out for what God is doing, they say things like, what else could I possibly do to invest my life that would be more meaningful or have more joy? All the money we can find, eventually some generation is going to mess that up. All the security we create, it's all kind of a myth. But this stuff, this goes on forever and ever. And until Jesus returns, his command to those disciples is still the command to us to complete the Great Commission. So let me pray in that direction, and then I'll give you a benediction. Jesus, would you seal in someone's life what you've been doing throughout this month? In whatever direction you would do that. Holy Spirit, you are smarter than anybody who stands on a stage to handle your words. So we trust you to communicate invitation, encouragement, challenge, and conviction to our friends. And to me tonight, may we follow you with courage. May our hearts align with you so much that we follow you and that we participate in stories like this that you're writing all over the world. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. Will you stand for the benediction? Friends, as you go this week, may you be people whose hearts are so captured by Jesus that you stop and ask, what more could he have for me? And then... May you see the people around you differently and the people around the world with the heart of the Father. God bless you. Amen.